into a town's identity. It's not always conscious or intentional. In the South, places are closely associated with what they've been in years past. Maybe a town is known for its crops or a natural landmark. It's hard to shake those ideas. It's even harder to change them into something new, something fresh. One place that has transformed in such a way is Lake City, home to a growing art scene. The times weren't always kind, but Lake City bounced back, and in doing so, became one of the foremost destinations for Southern art. It's a comeback story for the ages. Discover South Carolina presents The Palmetto Porch, a podcast featuring some of South Carolina's most charming towns and highlighting what makes them so special. I'm Devin Whitmire. All season long, I'll be traveling through the Palmetto State, interviewing locals who will share their own unique perspective on places to visit, foods to try, and insider travel tips. These towns may be small, but they are big on fun, food, and Southern hospitality. Today, we're stopping by Lake City, a town that has been through a lot of change. To help us get acclimated and give us a backstory or two about the town, I spoke with Philip Rogers. He's the Director of Education and Events at Moore Farms Botanical Garden. A lot of people know him better as Shady. Well, Shady, welcome to the porch. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So what attracted you to this work? What is your background? So I grew up in Lake City and Lake City maybe wasn't the most desirable place to live at that time. So I couldn't wait to move away. I went to college at Charleston. No dreams of ever coming back. Miss Darla Moore moved back into Lake City. She revitalized the town. While I was in Charleston, uh, I got degrees in biology and chemistry. I thought that was kind of the direction I needed to go if I ever did want to come back to the Lake City area, even though I loved hospitality and tourism. I didn't think that was a good fit for the area. When Miss Moore came back, she completely flipped that and changed it. She made Lake City a destination, a place to come to, a place to travel and be and, and be a part of. And I moved back home and never looked back. I love it. This is my dream job. Driving to work every day, it's not even like going to work. It's wonderful. I love it. That's awesome. That's always what you hope for. What was Lake City like back then that made you want to leave? So like many other small towns in the South, when kind of agriculture died, uh, tobacco, cotton, so too did the small towns. Uh, Lake City fell suit with that. Once the green bean capital, strawberry capital of the world, Lake City dried up. There's kind of nothing here for anyone. The shops that were there, the storefronts were, were run down a lot. There was a lot of just vacant buildings boarded up, glass shattered out. It wasn't pretty. There wasn't trash cans. The landscaping was less than desirable. It wasn't easy to navigate as far as tourism goes. If, if you were an outsider coming in, it just wasn't friendly in those aspects either. It just it wasn't built for today's tourism world. So what changed? You mentioned Darla Moore. Can you tell our listeners who that is and, and kind of give us some more background there? Yeah, Miss Darla Moore is a philanthropist that's actually from Lake City. She moved away to New York and achieved her fame there. And then she moved back home to Lake City. I think it's Wall Street said that she 
Salt Lake City as her project, her hometown project. So she completely revitalized downtown Lake City. Uh, we're still revitalizing it now, but for the most part, it's come a long way. And then she took her family's land here in Lake City and turned it from farmland into a beautiful botanical garden that spans over a thousand acres. Oh my goodness. So I know obviously it's her hometown, but why was Darla Moore so invested in revitalizing Lake City? Why do you think she put so much time and effort into the town? Because she always stayed true to her roots. No matter how much money or fame she might have built, Lake City was always home and she cherished that. And I can respect her for that and relate with her there. Lake City is a wonderful place to be. Let's talk agriculture a little bit. How did it become a big part of Lake City's identity? Well, there wasn't much around in Lake City as far as economic development, economy-driven forces, except agriculture back in the day. Uh, It was tons of fields. Our main street, even downtown, there was probably, hmm, I'd say, 10 or 15 massive tobacco warehouses at one time. It was the heart of of this town. It still is a big part of the town, but not nearly as much today. But it was a huge part of Lake City's identity, the green bean capital of the world, strawberry capital of the world. It's pretty amazing that was in Lake City. So how do you think people in Lake City have responded to these changes over time? I think they're deeply appreciative. I think some people in the beginning and still some now are a little scared of the changes, the people around here, uh, there there was a stigma, still is a little bit, especially around more farms, the botanical garden that, hey, you know, there's a botanical garden in town. That's not for me. And then somehow through some event or some avenue, maybe someone rents one of our buildings for a baby shower or something, it'll lure those people here. And they're like, oh my God, why have I not been before? Like, this is really, am I really in Lake City? And it's amazing to get those reactions from people. We love it. That makes it all worth it every day. Yeah. So tell us about more gardens. I know you mentioned that it was Darla Moore's land, right? Can you give us just a little bit more background? Yeah, I would be happy to. So Moore Farms Botanical Garden, Miss Moore is the sixth generation Moore here on the property. It is a thousand total acres, 65 cultivated botanical acres. And in addition to that, Moore Farms also maintains uh, approximately 35 acres in downtown Lake City. So we do all the streetscapes for Main Street, a lot of the buildings downtown, our college, the Continuum, our History Museum, our RV Park, our hotel. We do all the landscaping around that. But here or at the farm, um, we're five miles from downtown Lake City. We do a lot of events. We do a lot of camps. We do a lot of classes. We focus a lot on education. It's more farms in a nutshell. What do you think makes more gardens and farms so unique? That we did stay true to our roots. So when you come here, the entrance road is about a mile long entrance road from the main entrance. And you'll go around the outskirts of fields. And that was done on purpose because we want you to see our roots here. We want you to see the soybeans growing and not just beautiful flowers in bloom. The people of Lake City celebrate where they came from, not just where they're headed in the future. More farms is an important part of that. But there's another important group doing work for the town and the Lake City Creative Alliance. So switching gears a little bit, tell us how you started working with the Creative Alliance in Lake City and how did you find out about it? 
through a mutual friend. Uh, he was actually part of the organization. Um, he since took another job somewhere else, but he told me about this job. He knew I liked to do events because I kind of did weddings and little small things on the side. And I saw this job opening and just went for it. Jumped on this Christmas festival they were having, kind of ramped it up, got an ice rink going on with it and made it into like a winter wonderland. Tried to think about a Hallmark town you'd see in one of the movies and tried to make Lake City into that at Christmas time. And then we just started adding events and events. And then I became part of the More Farms team too. So I'm downtown and at More Farms doing about 14, 15 different events every year, over 27 different camps and classes. So yeah, we, we keep it going on. What are some other events and things people and visitors might experience in Lake City? We have hometown holidays, the Christmas festival. It's coming up December 2nd through the 4th. So y'all can come then too, if you couldn't make art fields. <laughs> so we have the South Carolina Tobacco Festival. That was in September. It's always kind of in the fall. And other than that, the city does a lot of different events. They do like masquerade balls, different things. The bigger events that I do now are more focused at more farms. So we do a massive uh, beer fest and we do a wine stroll. So we have wineries from all across the world that we'll feature here. We do extravaganza, which is one of the largest egg hunts in the state. We hide over 20,000 eggs. We have Botanical, which we just got over. So Botanical is our Halloween event. We had over 700 children here for that event. Wow, that's amazing. What should visitors know or expect before they come to the gardens? Please wear shoes and be prepared to walk because it is 65 cultivated botanical acres. We get a lot of people come in like high heels and I'm like, honey, Thank you for aerating the lawns for us, but you're going to struggle today. So please wear some shoes where you can walk. Yeah, that would be the one thing. And Just try to unplug and have fun and take it all in. Don't stare at your phone. Just look around and enjoy all the beauty of, of nature here in the garden. Yeah. Are there other like specific activities or things like that that go on regularly at the garden? So we always have a camp or a class, mostly classes. Our camps mostly focused in the summer for kids, but there's always a class going on. All of our classes aren't designed for youth. They're also designed for adults. We have a succulent centerpiece class actually this Saturday. I would say two to three weekends out of every month, there's something going on, an event or a class. So we'll do a class on landscape design techniques. We'll do a class on beekeeping. You can get certified to be a beekeeper here. Cool. And we'll do a succulent centerpiece class. You can come at Christmas and we'll teach you how to make your own wreath out of the magnolia cut here in the garden. So there's something here going on constantly. Yeah. I love that. You said the beekeeping. Is there some significance to bees in Lake City? I know you have that beautiful bee mural downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So Lake City was one of the first uh, bee cities. So we're a certified bee city. I think it's Bee City USA. And more farms, we actually kind of ramped up our stab at honey. And it's paying off for us. Everyone seems to love our honey. And I will tell you, and I'm again, not saying this because I work at more farms, just all the, the flowers and everything, all the pollination, abilities, capabilities around here for bees, the honey has like a sweeter taste. It tastes different. It truly does the normal honey you would buy out of the store. Shady is a local, someone who has seen Lake City grow and change. I wanted to know his feelings on the town's future. Let's talk about the future. What do you want to see in Lake City down the road as a local and, you know, as somebody who lives and works there? So I want to see 
the Lake City logo uh, for our Visit Lake City brand is Lake City Make Your Art. I want to see art captured in more than just that oil on canvas sculpture medium. I want to see us recognize the art of horticulture more and all of our horticulturalists here at Moore Farms. I want to see more music. Everyone seems to connect to music, even if they don't connect to art, they connect to music. So to throw in that, bring some more culinary components to town. Yeah, that's what I would love to see. So how do you want visitors to feel when they leave Lake City, when they leave your hometown? Welcomed. I want them to feel welcomed. I want them to feel like they want to come back and they want to bring friends and that they got more than they were bargaining for. Because that's kind of the take back most people tell us like, oh my God, we were only staying one night. Why didn't we stay three days here? I want them to experience the hospitality, the love of the community, the togetherness that we have. Yeah, I would say that would be my my takeaway I would want everyone to have after coming here. I learned from Shady how horticulture is important for tracing a line back to Lake City's roots. Another person seeking to blend the town's past and present is Jameson Maddie Kerr. She stopped by to give us her take on bringing Lake City to life through art, expression, and community. Well, good morning, Jameson. Thank you so much for joining me on the porch this morning, the Palmetto Porch. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, just to get us started, to kick everything off, can you just state your name and and tell us what it is that you do? Sure. My name is Jameson Mady Kerr. I am a resident of Lake City, South Carolina, where I work for the Lake City Art Fields Collective. For several years, I was the executive director of the Art Fields Collective, which includes a great big art competition, three year-round galleries, a big public art program with lots of different murals and sculptures throughout our downtown, and Art Fields Junior, which includes youth competition among other youth programming. Recently, over this past summer of 2022, we have restructured because we have lots more that we're going to be doing. And my job now is director of Art Town Development. So what I get to do is figure out how to make Lake Lake City a year-round art town. And that will include artist studios and a residency program and year-round workshops and classes and lots of other exciting stuff that we have in store. Wow, that does sound super cool. You said art town. What does that mean to you when you say the word art town? Oh, that's a great question. I think that, you know, you could immediately draw this vision in your head of, walking around and seeing somebody painting on the side of the road and to just literally have artists living and working in town. And that is a huge part of it. But more than that, it's about having a place where people are empowered to make their art, which is actually one of our town's slogans. It's on our water tower. It says, Lake City, South Carolina, make your art. And to me and to Many of the people here in Lake City, art goes so far beyond what you would typically think of. There's art in horticulture, which you see at more farms. And there's art in the art of culinary and and the food that you eat here. And there's so much more to uncover in terms of what 
talents people bring to the table that aren't celebrated the way that they should be. And so in my eyes, my vision of what a art town is, is a town where there are artists living and working, certainly, but more and more people are able to find their own creativity and use that for good and that we all can work together to create a better place to live and work and visit. Jameson left Lawrence County, where Lake City is located, after high school. While attending college, a professor told her something unexpected about the town, and she was skeptical, at least at first. He said, there's this thing going on in Lake City, and I really think you should go and interview to see if you could be an intern. It would be great whenever you're applying for grad school and That was my plan. And so I thought, I'll go and it'll look good on my resume. And so I came and I walked into this office of these women who were doing this huge undertaking of this event in this town that you wouldn't expect anything would be happening, much less a huge arts event. So I came and I interviewed and I was very intrigued and I just kept coming and learning more about what was happening here. When I graduated, instead of going to my graduation, my family came with me to the finale of Art Fields. <laughs> I said, you know, we've watched people walk across the stage. Let's go see what's happening over here and what I wanted my future to look like. And so that eventually turned into a paid position. And I've worked at Jones Carter Gallery and with Art Fields. And I have been very fortunate to be able to work in a lot of different parts of the Art Fields organization. I always promised myself that I would stay as long as I was learning and growing. And I haven't stopped doing that yet. Art Fields has grown a great deal since then. But Jameson says the human aspect of the arts is still the focal point of her work. The education around the arts in Lake City is very intentional because we want to celebrate not just Southern art, but Southern artists. And so to be able to have people connect with people, you have to help remind them that they're people. And so, so much of what we've tried to do with Art Fields beyond having community meetings and giving talks and lectures and things like that has been that during the Art Fields event, we have name badges for all of the artists with their piece on it. And so when they walk around, you can identify them and talk to them. The artwork for the Art Fields competition is placed in businesses. So that means that our business owners are able to create these relationships with artists themselves. And so a lot of that has been about the connection. And I think that so much can be gained in terms of your understanding and knowledge through that connection, because it makes it a lot less intimidating and a lot less scary when you realize this is a person just like me. They love people. They have the family. All of these things, it's art is here to show us the things about us that are the same, not different. And I think that we've been really grateful to have found success in that. How did the residents of Lake City react to this incorporation of contemporary art into their surroundings? Lake City is still reacting. (laughs) (laughs) Lake City is still figuring it out and we're still working on it because 
there's always a new conversation to be had. Art has prompted many, many, many conversations here. I think that at first it was why or are you sure or why art or why Lake City? And now we've had 10 art fields, right? And so I think that it's pretty undeniable the impact that it has had. And so there may be people who are still, eh, that's not my thing. I would have rather it had been some food or music or whatever. But the impact and the positive change that's happened is there's pretty much a consensus at this point that it's for the good of the town. Are there examples of design that stand out to you around Lake City that kind of drew you? Yeah. So one of the cool things about Lake City is that the economy has been so separate from from the economy of the country at large, right? So There's research that during the Great Depression, Lake City didn't feel it because agriculture was so strong that it kind of stayed steady. And whenever a lot of other downtowns were bulldozing and like flattening a lot of the architecture that had made up their downtowns before, Lake City didn't have any money. So nobody had any money to knock anything down, which meant that we were left with these like beautiful gems of buildings where you can see layers and layers and layers of paint where it said like auto store or like garage or whatever underneath. And I think that to be able to see the architecture and how it's been preserved and that that is a priority of our organization is to maintain some of that is really, really special and cool. And I think beyond the architecture and the place itself. We're very fortunate that Moore Farms Botanical Garden maintains and designs a lot of the landscaping downtown. And that is something that a everyday person like myself may not notice walking past it every day. But to have somebody who knows plants come and say, did you know that y'all have cabbage growing in your downtown? No, I had no idea. That's very beautiful. And I'm glad that it's there or that there's, you know, this kind of odd, not well-known plant that's featured in our park. And I think plant nerds love that part, but I love the part of it that we just get this beautiful landscaping treatment throughout the downtown. So I have a really hard question for you. What is the most memorable piece of art that you have personally seen during art fields? And can you describe it to us? Oh, gosh. That is so hard because there have been so many that have stayed with me. But I will say that my first year as an intern, I had a project that I worked on, but every day for lunch, I would get to leave and go and look at artwork. And the two pieces that I went back to over and over and over were by Colin Quashi and Tyrone Jeter. And so this was my first year. I did not know anything about these two artists, but I was very taken with their work. Colin Quashi's piece was an older Black man. And he was 
The thing that I remember the most distinctly were his hands and the way that the artists depicted his hands. They were just incredible. And I just remember going back and looking at this man's hands. And then Tyrone's piece was a charcoal drawing that was in Buddy's Music, which is no longer open, but it was just this incredible charcoal drawing that I could just feel the emotions pouring out of. And I went back to those pieces over and over and over. And later, whenever the first show that I ever curated, both of those artists were in it. And I've been able to work with both of them through the years. But they were so much a part of what captured me in the beginning because they're both South Carolina artists. And they both just have so much to say and so much to learn from from their work. And so those are two pieces that kind of hooked me and made me realize how much there is to unearth in the South. And then another project that has been really meaningful to all of us was actually a public art project, not a competition piece. It was called Portrait Partners, and we brought it for Art Fields 2021. So we skipped 2020. Obviously, COVID did not let us have Art Fields. So the following year, we really wanted to create something kind of interactive, but we weren't sure how we were going to do it. And so an artist that we have worked with over the years, Joe Dreer or Joe King, he came up with this idea to do portrait partners. And we put him in an empty storefront behind glass and people stood in front of the glass on the other side and he traced them with paint. And then he put paper over the paint and peeled for a print. And so he made portraits of the people in the Lake City community and visitors to art fields. And every night, whenever he would finish, he would stay and he would hand paint them or he would create an installation of the portraits that he captured that day. And it became like the other pieces I talked about, like we went back to it over and over and over to see the way that he was capturing different people. And it was so special to see people who you like I knew had never had a portrait done before and what it felt like to watch them be honored in that way for a moment for somebody to really be looking at them and to see them and for them to walk away standing a little higher and a little taller with their head a little higher. Not everybody gets that opportunity. And it was really nice to be able to offer that opportunity in a safe way during a really hard time. It was a really beautiful experience of bringing people together, even though we weren't, (laughs) you know? So that was a really, really lovely project. Yeah, that kind of made me emotional a little bit. I don't know if this is an example that tracks, but it's like when you go and get a manicure and they rub your hands for a minute and it's like somebody is taking care of me. Somebody sees me for a minute. And I don't know, there's just something about somebody's focus being on you and knowing that you deserve that. And to give people that was really one of the best things I think that I've been able to be a part of. 
public exhibits like the one Jameson described really matter. After all, with all the good things about small towns, there can also be stereotypes. And what's more, Lake City has seen some darkness over the years. Economic hardship, racial tensions. Those things aren't very flattering. Jameson says while one can't change the past or fully get rid of biases, the creativity on display in Lake City can be transformative. I don't know if things like art fields erase the stereotypes, but I think that they certainly challenge and they show what they can be. So just because like we can't deny what Lake City and places like Lake City were before any of this started and we don't want to erase this could have happened a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. There's enough land here that we could have started in the middle of nowhere in a field that didn't have anything. But it was intentionally started with the community and the town as it was. And I think that it's more so imagining what it could be than erasing what it was and what we can breathe new life into in a respectful way to help heal some of what terrible things have happened and to honor particularly the histories that haven't been shared. Histories written by the victor and a lot of people lost a lot in small towns in the South for many, many, many years. And so I hope that small Southern towns will just get a new stereotype and it'll be a stereotype of adaptable, innovative, hospitable, kind, maybe a little slower than a big city. But there's a lot to love and a lot to appreciate in a town like Lake City. And it's a pretty idyllic little life to be able to live right near downtown and walk around with my family and to continue to challenge what it was. It's important work. Lake City is still changing. And as for art fields, it's still expanding. Its success has even spun up a competition for kids, Art Fields Junior. Before I said goodbye, I asked Jameson about the process of coming back to the area and seeing it change in such a big way. I think part of it was that I didn't, and you hear so often about that success means being able to make it somewhere else and being so impressed by, you know, the people who were able to move to the places that I thought where I should be. How cool is it that this person is making it in New York? You know, whether or not they really were. (laughs) Right. But the perception. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) But really, that was kind of it. It was even people who are able to go to Charleston or to Greenville, to North Carolina or to Georgia to first school, it always just seemed like that it was a really important part of them becoming fully formed, well-rounded human beings. I think in Florence County, growing up, there wasn't a ton of cultural stuff going on. I did ballet and I was involved in the Florence Little Theater and all of that in my childhood growing up. But we would go on field trips to go see art. And so 
I think that it was really easy to see the grass being greener anywhere else, but the grass is green where you water it. And if we don't give back and come back or stay or whatever and give back to the place where we're from or a small town, then nobody will because we are better equipped to understand. We are better suited to connect and we know what the needs are because they were once our needs. So any town, no matter who lives there and what kind of funding you may have, if people can come together around wanting to make it better, they can. And so much of the beauty of what we've been able to do here has been because of everyday people and their persistence in seeing a better future for our children and our grandchildren and that places like Lake City can thrive again and they will. And it doesn't have to be incorporated into a bigger town to be meaningful. It is meaningful all by itself. And there's something to be proud of no matter where you're from. Talking to Shady and Jameson about Lake City and its changes over the years, it's pretty inspiring. Artists, civic organizations, and ordinary residents reimagined a town's identity, its soul, and turned it into something extraordinary. When I hear people talk about being from a small town, leaving it behind, it's a relatable story, especially in the South. You really feel like you're missing out on what's happening in bigger cities or that your hometown will never change things up. But sometimes what you're missing has really been there all along. It just takes a little bit of work and creativity to make it shine through. Well, that's it for this episode of The Palmetto Porch. Thank you to our guests, Shady Rogers and Jameson Maddie Kerr. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend or leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us to get the word out. And to find out more about Lake City or any of the towns featured on our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. The Palmetto Porch is produced by Discover South Carolina in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team at Pod People, Ashton Carter, Michael Aquino, and Kim Wong. Thanks so much for joining us, y'all. We'll see you next time on The Palmetto Porch.